always say it and I really go by it that if you're happy at work, you can be happy wherever. But also, and especially with time, you just start to know better the, the city. And today I can say I really feel comfortable in Manchester. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you much. This City is fans. the answer you wanted. That's what City, That's fan. what you City fans want to hear it. <laughs> the official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full video version of this show via City Plus now. Nadam, our guest today is uh, someone I know you um, admire a lot, Ruben Diaz. Um, one of the best centre-halves City have ever had. Probably one of the best centre-halves the Premier League has had, would you say? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I can't believe you're not like trying to go soft and just say, hi, Nadam, it's good to see you again and all this. You're just going to dive straight in, yeah? Um, it's heartbreaking, that. It's business only. Fine. Yeah, all right. this, all right. this, this business, is um, business. This is Bob Pollard, yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic player. I think he's been so good for the club from the moment he signed. You could see the change in their fortunes. You can see how much of a great leader he is. But then we also forget how young he is as well. But I think the fact he's been able to adapt to playing for this side, playing for Pep Guardiola, being successful. Like when you see him out on the field, you feel good. And that says a lot about what he's like as a player and as a person. If we go back to, to last season, mm. obviously the most successful season in City's 129-year history. Probably one of the most successful seasons in football history. One of the most successful in in football history. He uh, at first had some injury problems and wasn't playing. When he came back in, I don't think it was a coincidence that City's results started to pick up. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, there'll be some people who will want to give a shout-out to Nathan Ake, you know, Manuel Kanji and so on. And they deserve it because they did do very, very well. They didn't have bad seasons. For them, they probably had as good a season as they've had as well. But it's a familiar face. And come the end of the season, when it's the biggest games of the season, you start to see some very familiar faces being there. And his being there was a huge part of that. I think we started to keep more clean sheets. Defensively, they looked more solid as well. And it's good when someone can raise the ceiling that's already high to a whole new level. And I think that's what he represents on and off the field, I think. You know, you could see the character and the tone that existed within the club. It's not always down, it's not down to one person, but he's definitely one of the people, I believe, that made a big difference. This is not the first time he's been on the podcast. He did one while we were on tour mm. uh, in, in, in the summer. Um, we also had Rodri on that episode, and I asked him about Diaz coming back in, and he said um, he felt he gave extra security and, and, and just made him feel better. I want to get Ruben's view of of Rodri, whether mm. how he feels having him. It's probably going to be similar to your view as well yeah. of Rodri, would you think? Yeah. Is he a good player? Think, well, he's not we, bad yeah. we, we, we were speaking, um, you and I were in, in Switzerland recently watching the game against uh, young boys away and we basically did player cam on him for, for a while, didn't we? And just yeah. admiring kind of the the cruise control that he's in yes. as, a, as a footballer. Yeah, he can, obviously this is Ruben Diaz pod, but like Rodri can dictate the tempo, yeah. both in attack and in defence. I think Defensively, he's got all those instincts, but in attack, like, he links so much to the play. When he's playing well, I feel like everybody's involved. You know, the ball can go left, it can go right, he can dribble past someone, he can make a pass. He's he's amazing, you know, and was he top five in Ballon d'Or voting? And that's for a defensive midfielder. And this is the guy who won, you know, the Champions League player of the tournament last year in winning the treble. I think it says a lot about how good he is because for some, at the start, they thought he was just a six, but he turns out to be the centrepiece of something magnificent. And as well, Ruben and, and John Stones have this kind of um, real understanding with each other and they complement each other perfectly. And I look back at great Premier League centre-back partnerships, mm. you have a mix of attributes. I feel like with those two, you've, you've kind of got that, haven't you? They're, they're up there with the best. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think 
you know, to be successful, City have been, you'd need to have good relationships around the field. But when two players that are that good complement each other in the way that they do, you know, it's a huge asset to your team for the opposition. You know, it's the last thing you want to see because they're just in harmony pretty much 90% of the time, if not more. Right. I'm looking forward to this one. Let's so go. here it is. Ruben Diaz joining us on the official Manchester City podcast. Sane's tackled by Akanji. No, he's not. Sane gets beyond it. Plays it in field. Chance for Musiala. Shot is blocked. That was on target. City did well. What a block from Diaz because that's gone in the corner. And I don't think Edison's getting anywhere near it. He's gone the wrong way. What a block. Ruben, thank you for joining us on the official Manchester City podcast. Let's start with this season. How's it going? How are you feeling? Um, what, what you're making of our season so far? Well, uh, it's still early ages. Uh, obviously, uh, we've had quite a bit of work by now, but um, I think generally we're, we're starting to feel ourselves again. Uh, after everything we've done last season, it's always good to settle, to, to come back to, to earth and, uh, and realise the little things that allow you to do what you did before. And uh, I think, especially now, uh, we we more and more back on track. Was there any fear from you, given this group of players, that there would be any complacency after last season? Or did you know that when we came back and reconvened that we'd be fully focused? No, at, most, at most, looking at the group of players, I would feel relaxed in knowing that there wouldn't be any complacency. But then uh, you all, always have to... Uh, what's the word you always have to suspect uh, even if out of nowhere because these little things they the the moment you start to relax it just comes out of nowhere and uh, if you're not sharp enough to identify it uh, even even yourself uh, if you're not uh, um, if you don't pay attention to the little things it just starts to build up and then it's difficult to stop it and um, I think uh, we're, uh, we're in a good place now uh, obviously there's a lot to be done a lot of work and a lot of fights that will still uh, come, but um, I would say we're in a good place. When you say there's a lot of work to be done, you know, we're in November. Like, are you excited about all the work to be done or are you like tired because you know how many games it could take to be successful again? No, not tired. I would say, I would say anxious for February to come. Okay. Why February? Because essentially that's when the real thing starts. Obviously you have to get through it to be there yeah. in the best position possible uh but in the end um that's when when the real decisions start not saying that I now understand. we won't have yeah, important yeah. games of course especially premier league wise um it, you start building it up from the, from the start uh but those those real if you get to february in a good position or in every competition or almost uh, every competition then from then forward, the big decisions come up, and uh, I would I, I mean it in that sense. Yeah, and you like that feeling of playing under pressure, where every game. Yeah, obviously, big, because uh, you say obviously not everybody's in the same position. Some people like it, it easy, no? Yeah, well, if you're gonna win something, you you're gonna be in those places, uh, and if you've won a lot before, it doesn't matter absolutely anything because the feeling won't change. If the feeling changes you won't be as ready to win it as you could be. So as much as you can, try and want to be in that position because it means you're in, in the right place. How happy do you feel 
both in yourself personally but professionally here in Manchester and working for Manchester City? You you said both professionally, yeah, and personally, out. yeah. So how 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 happy are you just just being here? Yeah, well, uh, I would say right now I'm I'm very comfortable with myself. Um, I I enjoy the club, I enjoy the city, I enjoy my home. I feel at home. Um, obviously, it was easy to come in the sense of the football reason, but in the sense of abdicating my whole life in Lisbon which is for me my my one and only paradise it's not easy because you lose a lot of what's your normal uh, day but I always say it and I really go by it that if you're happy at work you can be happy whatever uh, but also and especially with time you just start to know better the, the city and today I can say I really feel comfortable in Manchester yeah fantastic I think that's what I this City is fans. the answer he wanted. That's what City, That's fan, what he needed. City <laughs> fans want to hear it. Oh, gosh. We would send him a rhetorical question like that. I know. We're yeah. happy being in Manchester. I just needed to hear that. Yeah. Uh, we were talking earlier uh, before we recorded about great centre-backs in, in Premier League history. The Premier League has got a real history of quality centre-backs. Which ones did you admire from afar? Difficult. So many. Uh, company, uh, obviously Lesko, Terry, Ricardo Carvalho, Ferdinand, uh, Vidic, and so many more. I'm not good with names, but I, I also didn't, I, I also always a bit pushed by my dad, but uh, uh, oh, I always kind of try and see it in the way of not attaching myself to no one and not having like, oh, this guy, I love him, he's my idol. And uh, just my dad would always do that, like uh, the rhetorical question, but the rhetorical question that he knew I was going to hate, but he knew he was going to make me think of like, uh, oh, yeah, you like him. What about this one? Have you seen him do these or that? And I would be like, yeah, okay, I know, I know, I know. But then I would be thinking about it. He's actually not wrong. It's true. Then, and in the end, like, I, I see as much as I can from everyone and in different positions, different qualities, and I think that was... Yeah. Did you... I don't know if you're the same as me, but when I was growing up, I was seeing a lot of football in the 90s, seeing a lot of like Italian legends. And I'll be honest, I, I preferred watching the attackers. I'll be completely honest with you. But as you saw those defenders from when you were younger, and not just in the Premier League, was there anybody where you thought my game would be perfect alongside this person? Like, because all the people you've named, they've all got different styles. Yeah. Which style do you prefer? Well, I would say, it does he have does he have to be Premier League? No, I can be anywhere. No, anyone. I would say, I would uh, have enjoyed one day to be playing alongside Barezi. Because my dad, my dad, he always used to say, watch this guy. Obviously, he said it about many others, like I've just said to you. But Barezi always said, you watch this guy. Watch everything. Attacking, defending, watch everything he does. Watch him, just watch him. And in the end, uh, be, from uh, from my dad's influence, I think he ended up being the one I saw the most. Even though I never get yeah. to, I never got to see him play live. Mm. But YouTube videos, he's, he's number one on the list. 
So you've had a good football education, it sounds like, from from your father in particular. It sounds like he's challenged you and pushed you and made you be a bit of a student of the game. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and uh, I give a lot of credit to him because even though he's never really been in the game, he one time he was starting something as a keeper, but then he got an injury, he's got, he, got, he had an accident, and uh, a car accident, and that kind of stopped him. But the awareness he's got, it's a lot more and a lot better than many people that I've known in the industry of football. And uh, for someone from the outside that has been a fan from Benfica and he could have so many easy opinions as a fan, but the way he kind of teach me how to see the game and how to see football in general, I don't know how he got it from. Maybe it's just a bit of his personality that then added to my personality and it ended up on me making the reflections uh, I have always done since since young. But I give him a lot of credit because so many things. Are, overall, since ever, I've always given little bits of influences he, he gave me football-wise. Uh, and for me, the number one will always be the fact that he always teach me to always look at me first, uh, other than blaming anyone else for my failures or for my team failures. Uh, but even that, it's so simple, but it's so specific and it's so true from someone that has never really been been involved, he's only been involved in life, then maybe that's where he got his lessons. Uh, but I do I do credit him a lot uh, for having the awareness he's, he's got, even about players. He would he would he would direct me a bit in in the right way because now I look now where I am today, who I am today, and I I look at what he used to say to me back then, and I'm like, he was absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and you have an older brother who, who plays as well. Is that true? Is that he right? Used to play. He yeah. stopped. Yeah. Is that was that a good thing for you? Because I've watched a lot of documentaries about Venus and Serena Williams, and Serena says that by having an older sibling who played, and you know, always wanting to be better, and and did that help you? Do you feel to be to be a better player? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't mean it in the the Williams sisters, but. Um, I would mean it in the sense of I I always had someone to play with. I always had someone to obviously be competitive with, but we were not tennis is different, and uh, we were not we were never like in a similar context. So the com the competitive side of it was never like not oh there, yeah we were both. Uh, first of all, he was two years older, and it was more me and him wishing for each other's success, hoping to meet one day uh, up front. Um, but um, it, it never really got into that competition specific that would push us to just bounce back on balls of each other and just get better from each other because we never really in the game we were never really together we were together outside and we trained a lot outside with my dad as well um, but yeah he was definitely a very good influence because in the end in my free time and the times I was practicing myself I had someone to do it with and someone that could push me to, he was not just uh, someone throwing balls or he was actually someone that was also trying to go for it. So, Were you always uh, better than him or he was better? <laughs> I will, I'll still silent, I'll still silent. I want him on my side, I'll still silent. We wanted to ask you a little bit about Rodri as well. Um, we spoke to him in the summer and he, he, he talked about the security he feels when you're in the team. And Nadam and I were in Switzerland uh, for the Young Boys game a couple of weeks ago and we kind of like focused on Rodri. Um, 
throughout the game. And we just, we, we were both sort of saying he's, he's operating at a level now where he kind of cruises through games because he's so good, you know, compared to most people. What's it like from your side having him in front of you? What does What feeling does he give you and that? What strength and security does he bring by being in the team? Well, there's a lot of beautiful words I can say, obviously, and very easy ones. But I wouldn't, I would try not to go there because that's just where everyone would go. But obviously he's the best or one of the best in his position, clearly. Um, and the things he gives you, he, he can be normally number six, I would say, is either two things, either very good with the ball, defensively not that good, and or the opposite. And he's just got the best of both, of both worlds. Plus, he's one of those players as well. No, and since I've been uh, at this club, uh, it's been very clear to me. Even though I had kind of an impression, a different impression when I saw him play in Atletico, and then when he came here. But then when I came and I was with him every day, it completely changed. And what I meant uh, to say was that he's one of those players that whenever the tough times come, he's one that stands out and he, he's there for you. And maybe what I what he said also about me, it's what I have to say about him because he's one of them that when times get rough, he's one I know I can have by my side. Whatever happens, he'll be there. And I think, like I said, I can talk about his quality, his vision, his, how much he's improved uh, the player he is today. Like you said, it looks like he cruises through the games because it's so easy. Even though it's never easy, it just makes it look easy. But um, that feeling of you being next to him and you know he'll be there for the fight and obviously the the season is long but you know that when it matters he'll be there those are the kind of players you you want around you perfect answer yeah. perfect. this guy this guy's very well trained you know that's exactly <laughs> what to say we are very lucky to have Rodri on with you're a yeah huge fan. absolutely and you know I can watch Rodri and see the stuff that he does but it's the stuff that he's saying that matters more there because I think when things are going well Everybody gets along, everything's easy. When things don't go well is when you need a sense of togetherness and people to be up for the fight. I kind of always say, and especially when someone asks me about a certain player, especially young when they come in through and people like tend to ask, oh, what do you think of him? What do you think? And I, I just think first thing always in my head is, has he been through a tough moment? Has his club, his team been like in a difficult moment? No, then I don't really know him yet. He looks good, yeah. Not saying he doesn't, but I don't really know him yet. Because also, I was forged myself in a lot of trouble, and not a lot of trouble in the sense of, um, I mean, in the sense of, obviously, I was in one of the best clubs in Portugal. But when you're talking about titles, it's the details, and uh, sometimes uh, the things with the team it just goes. For also with the fans in Portugal, it was intense. And it's never been like a super stable environment. You need to be there every day. You need to be shot every day. If you close your eyes, you're gone. And I mean it in that sense. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, uh, that that's one thing that helps me. You see who's who's there or not. So we see what you said there from how I interpret it. From the outside, a lot of people talk about Man City and they see you play a game and say, of course, they're going to win because they're just a better team and so on. One of the big reasons why I believe they do win is because they have the fight. You know, and it's not just a team that plays nice football. They can physically dominate you. They could outplay you. They will compete. They will match whatever you want to give them. And the quality goes to that next level. When you're seeing the likes of Ruben talking about Rodri in that way, he was a fantastic footballer. Teams don't want to play against you guys. Just because of 
the total package, but that doesn't get spoken about enough. But from an inside, that's something that matters the most. Because when you're, well, as you said, when you're struggling, who's with you? Who wants to go that extra yard to try and get yourself to a better place? And as you know, because you have a few of your core heroes who couldn't survive adversity. No. Yeah, I shall name names. Yeah. But yeah. But also the speed with which we win the ball back when we lose it is another example, isn't it, of, um, you know, we get a lot of praise for our attacking football, but when we lose it, we're the quickest to win it back, aren't we? That's one of Pep's Pep's main principles. Um, in regards to that, so from when I played, I played from 2004 until 2020. I played in England until 2018. Previously, defending was not as aggressive as it is today. What's that like when you... In see, terms of what? In terms of, say, if, you're, if the opposition have the ball and your forward is pressing, you'll go with a, an attacker as far as you need to. Like, the halfway line is there. It's not the yeah. most important thing. But when I was playing, the halfway line was like the anchor. I had so many defenders that would never... You would be weird. You yeah. just stand there. If you someone goes, okay, it's fine. I stand here on the halfway line. Did you see football change to become that way? Or has that been the way it's always been throughout your career where you can be more aggressive? with? No, I think especially since I've came here and obviously the way we play here, uh, Pep, obviously, he, in a way, makes you see things differently. Uh, but also, I think a key factor and the reason why we re we're able to do it is that, and you were saying about the halfway line, so we play against a team that makes us play men v men on the press, on the high pressing, on the goal kick. And they have, if they're very good, they have a position, but then they will float around, you know, and they'll make you like wonder, mm, should I follow or not? But also one key thing for me is that I know that if I'm out of position, first of all, we'll always be kind of all in, in between. But I know that if I'm out of position, I'm going to have three guys behind me that will know how to adjust. The same as if one of them went to go, I would know how to adjust and make you work. So you have that comfort. And also, obviously, we know as well that uh, in this case, I'm talking about a men v men, but we know that the ball is going to go into a certain side. And the moment that happens, we all, we immediately make the comfort, the comfort from, from the other side. But I think it does make a lot of difference to have the right idea from the manager and also the right players to execute it because in the end, I don't want to concede the goal. If I have to take a decision, uh, I will take the decision that makes me the best able not to concede. And so if I'm in a difficult situation and I see, um, for example, uh, I remember against Munich, Bayern Munich last season, uh, so many times... I had to jump in the middle. I uh, don't remember where it was exactly. Uh, maybe Gnabry, another one. But me doing that, I would expose Nathan 1v1 against Common. So I was always a, a bit in between of, I'll go once the ball is gone. Sometimes, because if I feel Nathan is completely exposed, I'm going to be with him. So if the situation requires and we're too late for it, I'm going to let Gnabry have the ball. And still, you know how aggressive we are normally. But in that last moment, I know that I have to protect him first in order to, um, then even if we have to drop a bit more, and it's normally what, not what we try to, to do. But I'm, I'm, and he knows I'm there for him. But also, like when the right, when the moment is right and we've got it, I know I can push. And you will know, I will know through him as well that it's the time to do it. 
but then it's this is just a specific one and it depends from game to to game but to answer your question yes i do think that the way we press today and not just us uh, everyone has changed a lot in terms of uh, and especially when you play with two teams that really want to play you know you have to push on the pressing if not they will just dominate you so it it depends a lot also against uh, on who you're playing with because also if it's a team that just what has these kind of more direct uh, kind of game then there's also um, more likely to be a feeling for that anger yeah, yeah, because sure. that's where the the goal is going to happen but uh, it depends a lot on the team We've got a couple of questions from social media that we've had from from City fans. The first one says, if you had to play alongside one former player from your nation, who would it be and why? So a Portugal player from the past. I've got, I think I know he's going to say. You know. You I, know. Think, I think is I know. Who is he? I, I think you're going to say uh, Carvalho. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Cabo slept on so many he, people. He, for me, is one of the most him. underrated defenders or one of the most underrated players in Premier League history. Him. Cavalio, yeah, yeah. I would say so. He was unbelievable. But you, when, you ask, when you ask the players, right people, they, they everyone knows. Yeah, yeah, if anyone that's played knows he's the guy. He was superb. Yeah. Maybe yeah. on, I think maybe on media-wise, yeah. it was not so... You see, I think, he's good, but he's, yeah. I th- at least me, uh, whenever I ask, and obviously I've had a lot of conversations about it, uh, whenever you, with the right people, they'll tell you Cavallo. what they'll tell you. He's, he's the guy. Yeah. And essentially, him being Portuguese, I, I'm curious because also, like, when he dropped the national team was when I came in, basically. Uh, so, I, so you I ended his career. For... Huh? You ended his international career. No, 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 no. It was. <laughs> Sorry, I was just. I was it was on the Euro. Sorry, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Another one was: What's the one piece of advice you've had that's always stuck with you? Have you had anybody say anything to you along your career? I'll, I'll go with my dad. Yeah, my dad's advice about yeah. always looking at me first. Yeah, seems really simple, that doesn't it? Not, not, not that common. No, not that common. Especially when what's this guy doing? What's that guy doing? Everyone's thinking, take responsibility. Basically, it's a great point to start from because I think people respect you more because you can see where you can improve as well. And I think that leads people because if everyone has that same mindset, then everybody's going to grow together, as opposed to just trying to put someone down and say, "Why are you just doing this?" Like. You know, what could you have done yourself? And then he also intervenes with, he goes with a lot of reactions you might have, even on a game. Like, you know, these kind of people that something goes wrong, arms up, yeah. things like that. Yeah, bad you body know, language. It, it just goes with all these little bits in training, yeah. uh, on a discussion you might have in yeah. the group. If you always consider that you might also be wrong, or at least I'm not saying doubt what you believe in, but always have it in mind that maybe your perspective might not be the one at least it will make you think at home and maybe on the next day you will arrive with a better one but especially on these um big shows of like emotion yeah stuff. these yeah. external thing that sometimes goes off um it makes a huge difference especially when you're talking about a successful group this guy's good you know he's an amazing answer because he's you know what it's just he's just reminded me when i played there were some people that would play to the crowd yeah you know what i mean this this guy yeah <laughs> yeah this. yeah but has that helped that person that's made the mistake how many people make a mistake on purpose the answer is not not i think that's useful. good advice not just for football as well just like, life yeah. in general yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. of course yeah. so you should take that on board you? i'm gonna try i am <laughs> that's one thing i'm gonna take away um we always usually ask um 
to leave behind a question. Um, so if you just want to take one out of there. Make sure you pick the right one, yeah. Yeah. What does that one say? What was your biggest inspiration in or out of football? Mm. Who is it? Who would you say yours is? Mine. Mm. I'd say my dad. Yeah. He's done a lot for you, hasn't he? What? He's done a lot for you, your dad. He's br he's been brought up a number of times today, naturally. Which is yeah, it's the more... The more... I'm not a person that is naturally, like, hugging my dad, hugging my mum, kisses. And, uh, I do give him a lot of credit, and I don't forget everything that uh, they helped me go through with, uh, especially when times were a bit rougher. But... Um, the more and more time that goes by, the more or the better I find the words to describe what they did in certain moments. Like to, in my head, I find better the reasons why they did it and the answers why they did it. From uh, what I just said about my dad to one day I finished training and I was, I, I had just not long from then I had started playing defender because first time ever I go to the club, oh, I'm a striker. And then one two weeks after because they saw something oh i feel like he's going to be a defender so he's a defender and then i talked to my dad like i don't really enjoy it i'm here to have fun over there it's uh it's kind of like i'm scared of making a mistake and on that day he just said something like he's here quiet don't you worry you know the fear will turn into something good and we're Today I realized fear turned out to be the best thing I had in my life because it made me be the best I could be in everything in order to avoid feeling the fear. So I became the best I could be in every detail. So in a sense, I would say yes. And even even my mom once, uh, the, the way I was being a little kid, a little stupid kid, asking for a, a toy or something. And on that moment, she kind of said like, listen, I can't. And I kept insisting, insisting, insisting. And then we get to the store, we were buying something else and I grab the, 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 the toy or whatever and I take it to her and I see her face and she's like, listen, it's not because I don't want to, I really can't. And when I see her face, it's, just, it's a small detail, but in the end, in terms of togetherness as being a family and uh, all of them details, Obviously, my dad, but also my mom, but mostly my dad because of football. Uh, they really, they really inspired me, and um, the fact that today, every once in a while, when I remember a certain circumstance uh, that happened to me, to us, uh, and I'm able to reflect better on it and find uh, the right words to to actually understand better what happened on that moment, it's something that makes me really happy. And um, it's kind of like the one time you've uh, given uh, her goodbye to your mother and then 20 years later you realize that that hug meant a lot more than uh, what I actually thought it did. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. One last thing. Could you leave a question for our next guest? We're not going to tell you who it is. It's somebody connected to City. But if you just could ask anything... Uh, you know, on our podcast, just leave a leave a question behind. Could be anything. It doesn't have to be about football. It could be anything. Out of the out, out of my comfort zone. Yes. Let's be funny. Come on. 
Look at it, go on. Who's got the best smell in the team? Smell? Did you say smell or smell? Yeah, you best said smell. You said smell. Okay. smell. Just to double check, you said smell. Yeah. Okay, got it. Just to double check, you said we smell. Well, it's perfume, but okay, smell, yeah. I think it's the yeah. one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this, yeah. It's so, someone here thinks that they've got the best smell, though. Yeah. Is this what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. not thinking about anything. Please don't show any of these whatever <laughs> might go <laughs> no, with the yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you will get an influence. No, answer. he's not paying attention. No, no, we're going to do it blind. We can do it after, but... He's yeah. not paying attention. Don't worry about that. Ruben Diaz, it was an absolute pleasure to speak to you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Nadem, wow, that was uh, that was quite something. You feel inspired, you're inspired, aren't you? Um, but I mean, genuinely, some of his um, some of his answers, serious and intense, but also very, very thought provoking. I thought, mm, absolutely. I think first his English is like outrageously good. Some of the things he was trying to describe, the way he was trying to, he was eloquently just running through what it's like to be him, him, and how he got to where he is today. And also that love for his family, the importance of the role model in his life, which was his father from a footballing standpoint. It's great. And you can see that his parents, they planted seeds in his mind that are now flourishing today that make him exactly who he is. I think there's some great lessons for myself, you, everyone, you know. And when he says that he believes it, I think that's one of the reasons why he's as good as he is. He's known as a real details man uh, in terms of his preparation, whether that be nutrition, uh, in the gym, um, on the training pitch, whatever that interview there, you can almost you can see it, can't you? Just in, in the in the way that he, he spoke to us. Yeah, hundred percent. And I tell you what, I liked as well. And this is for the real like nerds out there. Do you see the way he was describing like the art of the press? Usually, from the outside, you watch it. The game will be done, and we won't discuss it. But that's somebody telling you about the art that they create on the field. And he described it so, so well. So that's not just somebody that does it, that somebody understands the why, understands why it's good, understands why it works. That's magnificent. That, that's real insight that you only get on this podcast, really yeah. call out, only on this podcast. Would you say you learned something there from from that, that answer, that particular answer that you talked yeah, about? Yeah, I, I learned something because I've seen them play how they play. But realistically, because I don't really get a chance to speak to people after a game, I never asked them what they think about the performance. I asked them why they did what they did. But now he's explained why they do certain things that they do. He's explained why, you know, we spoke about Rodri and the easiest thing in the world could be to say, you know, he's just an incredible footballer. But then there's also that edge that he's got because when things aren't going well, he's ready to step up for the fight. You know, that's not a question that will be asked because most people say he's either playing well or he's not. But those character traits are things which make people playable and make people, like, trusted and make them as good as they are. He's known as being a very thoughtful um footballer um but we got him in really kind of open and reflective mood i felt yeah yeah he did obviously you know not to date the podcast but it helps after you've won a game as well you know you're always in a, in a good mindset but yeah he was very open he's very thoughtful and credit to you and for the time that we had because he didn't waste it you know we didn't throw cliches at him and get cliched answers back we allowed him the chance to express and talk about things he wants to talk about. And I thought he was very good with that. He was captivating. And I'm sure the listeners would agree. And I'm sure they'll reach out to us on social media, wherever they can, to let us know what they think. And they'll probably think the same thing that we did. This is somebody that we're hugely proud of to say represents Manchester City. And when you see him out on the field, you have an added sense of confidence because he is the guy. Glad you mentioned the fans getting in touch on social media there because I felt the two questions today 
Um, the one about who would you, you know, a, a, a compatriot who, who's retired, who you'd like to play alongside. Um, and the one about a piece of advice that stuck with you were really great questions and we got two really good answers from them. So yeah, I, I join you in, in that call. If, if any of our listeners do want to get in touch with us on, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be, do reach out and, uh, make sure you ask us some questions. Yeah, it's true. And if you don't have Twitter, you can try X as well. Yeah. X, formerly known as Twitter, there as, we go. As, it's now there being, we go. as it's now being affectionately <laughs> referred to. Um, okay, that's it uh, for this episode of the official Manchester City podcast. Thank you as ever for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever it is you do your podcast listening. And until next time, take care of one another and join us again soon. The unbeatable official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full video version of this show via City Plus now.